What's up, Real Buzzers? Before we start today's show, please go on Facebook and follow us at Real Buzz Takes. Then head to Instagram, follow us at Real Buzz Crew. Then head to Twitter and follow us at Real Buzz Crew. Um, also, please make sure to rate, subscribe, and review. It really does help the podcast out a lot. Also, feel free to send us an email at any time at realbuzztakes at gmail.com. And if you go to anchor.fm backslash realbuzztakes, you can also leave us a voice message, which we will certainly play live in a future episode. All right, let's start the show. Coming up in the pod, we've got Cannabis Keenan back in studio as we discuss the super meta movie, Last Action Hero. Run the theme. If you want a movie review, look no further than these dudes. You got real buzz route on the mic. You got Cannabis Keenan, he's all right. Caitlin is giving all she can give, and Calvin doesn't even know where he is. This is Real Buzz Takes with the Real Buzz Crew. Welcome to another edition of Real Buzz Takes. We are the Real Buzz 2. I am Real Buzz Rob. We are drunk fuck. <laughs> well, that's appropriate. Let me get that turned back. So we... <laughs> I'm Real Buzz Rob. We are drunk fuck. That's good. That's good. <laughs> and to my left, we have Keenan, a.k.a. Keenan the Cannibal, a.k.a. Cannabis Keenan, a.k.a. Keenan the Barbarian, Keenan Robertson. Run! Go! Get to the chopper! <laughs> Get to the chopper! That's the best. Oh, man. I, I Somebody was driving around, and that scared the shit out of him right there when that <laughs> drop hit. <laughs> Run! Get to the chopper! <laughs> That's good stuff. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Real Buzz Takes. Yeah, we're, we're recording again on a, a Tuesday after a Sunday recording because of the holidays. We're trying to get an extra one in so we can still release one every week. Yeah, get it in. Getting it in. Get, getting it in. I'm always just trying to get it in, you know? I think most of us are. A, even now that I'm settled, I, I'm only trying to get it in one person, but, you know, I'm always trying to get it in. Yeah, that's none of our business. Yep. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> the movie we're reviewing today, uh, which, as you, if you couldn't tell from, well, as from I said at the beginning, as well as the drops, Last Action Hero... Release date was not, uh, I'm sorry, June 18th, 1993. Director was John McTiernan. John McTiernan is probably one of the most prolific action directors, 80s action directors in the history of directing. Before this, he directed Predator, Die Hard, The Hunt for Red October. And then after this, he directed Die Hard with a Vengeance, The Thomas Crown Affair, uh, Rollerball, not his best. (laughs) With uh, the dude from American Pie? Yeah, and LL Cool J. Yeah, I know that. And then that uh, Samuel L. Jackson movie, Basic, I believe. Travolta's in that. Travolta's in that as well. I think that's got a Shyamalan twist at the end or something like that. It does. It's got quite a few Shyamalan twists. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it a couple of times. It's pretty, it's okay. I've been kind of wanting to watch it again. I saw it when I was a kid. But, I mean, he's a diehard and predator. He's got some fucking movies, man. Dude, he's got to be raking in residuals from those movies. I mean, the last 40 years? At the end credits, when those rolled, I saw Shane Black's name, too. And uh, I couldn't tell you what he's done, but he's a writer. And I know that he's written a lot of, like, action movies and stuff like that, I read about Shane Black, too. I don't know. I think he, he may was, have had, he may have written this movie. He he well he was a writer on this movie. Okay, but and then he went on to write other things. But I think he was kind of like I could be way off on this, but I'm pretty sure he like when he was like a teenager or something like that wrote his first screenplay and sold it to Hollywood. So he's kind of been writing action movies for a long time, and it would make sense that he wrote this movie as 
since it's like a little kid who's obsessed with action movies. Yeah, you know? and he kind of just satirizes his like the genre that he helped create, which right. is interesting. Yeah, in a very meta way. Wow, this movie's very meta. Very meta. Lots yeah. of uh, and. We'll get into it, but then turns, you know, existential for a hot second. You're like, whoa, 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 what kind of movie is this again? It has some takes the, on modern society. The last 20 minutes, we're going to start talking about this existential shit, that, you know, anyway. Yeah, well, not, mo- I guess, at modern at the time. It was the 90s New York. Yeah. Seemed like you could get away with just about anything, but we'll get there. Oh, yeah, that's right. That, a little before Giuliani cleaned it up. <laughs> cleaned up them streets. Oh, how things have changed, Rudy Giuliani. Oh, yeah. That that thing with his uh, hair dye running down his face, that picture is one of my favorite things it's I've very seen poetic. in a long time. Yeah, it's like he's leaking this black. It's like it's like his it's like his brain is over fucking heated from the lies he's telling, and it's just leaking lubrication. Yeah, and his soul is just leaking out through his yeah, hair. The there's darkness of his soul. There are infinite amount of metaphors you could make for what that picture could represent. Yeah, and none of it's good. Yeah, looks like he just did a real big tootski of some blow. Yeah, it looks like oh, ah, it, it was, realized he killed a hooker. <laughs> it, it's a little too real. No, he looks like uh, from the Fifth Element when what did Gary Oldman just starts bleeding? This black stuff just starts falling down. Yeah, his that's face. A, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah, man. But maybe yeah, dude. I don't know. He's he's wild. <laughs> wild Giuliani. Yeah. Uh, uh cast. Skadoosh. Arnie Schwartz as Detective Jack Slater and himself. Austin O'Brien as Danny Madigan, and Charles Dance as Benedict. I didn't think there was a fourth character that stood out enough worth mentioning. There was so many other um, side characters that we could talk about, but what would you say? What's the fourth lead in this movie? His mom? No, I I would give it to uh, Veronica Vaughn. She is one Get fine Veronica piece Bond of ace. Is one piece of ace. Yeah, uh, I know from experience. <laughs> not really, but a good no, buddy of mine and her. No, I don't. <laughs> um, but I, I guess I would have given it to Bridget Sampras or whatever her name is. Um, I don't think she's the fourth. I think his mom's the fourth. Or, I'd say they probably have as or much the or the creepy time. movie guy. The creepy movie guy would probably be the fourth, Nick. Yeah, Nick. I think Nick's probably the fourth. Yeah. It's close. It's between Nick and his mom. Hey, teenage kid, you want to come watch some movies? Not even teenage kid, preteen kid. Hey, you want to see a movie before it comes out? In I'll my sh- graffiti theater? I'll show you my magic ticket. <laughs> it's so fucking weird. <laughs> he does. He even dresses in a little fucking costume to like, have him over, uh, too. Come over to the movie theater after hours when we're closed. I'll give you a private screening. It's like, oh. <laughs> you can have all the popcorn you want. Oh, dude. Like, it, his mom has, and his mom's like, you're at the movie theater again with that crazy old man. <laughs> yeah. Nick's not crazy, mom. He wants to fuck you. Has he ever touched you inappropriately? <laughs> has he touched your penis? Tell me we're on this door where Nick's touched you. Has <laughs> he ever tried to do one of these? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's South Park for <laughs> you there. Yeah. Oh, oh, shit. <laughs> Honorable mention to every celebrity cameo playing themselves in this movie. There was a ton. A shit ton, man. I, I mean... Wasn't worth writing them all down. Just Maria a lot. Shriver. She gets the she gets the one. She ca- she kind of seems like a bitch in this movie. She does definitely does a little bit. Don't fucking talk about the steakhouse. It's or so Anna's. tacky. <laughs> it's so tacky when you mention the restaurants, Arnold. And did you hear him take a shot at the National Enquirer too? He's like no. the National Enquirer. Don't talk to them over there. I, oh, I, I wonder that. if he's got some beef with him. No, I, I what I was wondering during that scene whether or not like the fucking maid was at that premiere. Oh, snap. Or or his illegitimate child. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger and his maid. It's such a weird thing to think about at one point. It just happened. The kid got old enough to where it was like, the resemblance is not only uncanny, it's unfucking deniable 
It's that kid that's just buff as shit yeah. that he's been like, riding bikes he, with or he, whatever. He looks like Arnold with a darker complexion. Yeah. I mean, it's not even like it, it's it's so fucking close. You like they're like we, I want the paternity test. Like no, <laughs> that's your kid. No, dude, you don't need one. Yeah, you don't. Uh, so uh, now that we've gone on the cast. We've done Arnold in a few films, so what I wanted to do here was do the top five underrated Arnold films in descending order from five to one. These are films that might not necessarily be on people's radar on a regular basis, but things that I think films that I think are underrated or hated on too much. Number five, I'm going to start with Escape Plan. Don't know if you're familiar with this movie. Is that him and uh, Stallone as old people? They're yes. trying to get out of prison, and really, it's his like thing the whole time. Yes, I've correct. seen that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's it's essentially a movie where uh, Sylvester Stallone is hired as a professional prison breaker outer, and he's testing the limits of this prison to see if you can break out of it. And Arnold happens to be a guy in prison who ends up assisting him. I think it don't dude. It's not going to win any awards. I'm not sitting here saying it's the fucking best movie. I think it's underrated. I think it's shit on too much. You know what it is. And I watched it with my dad. It's a movie for guys who like movies. And he, yep. he said that about that movie. So It's a movie for guys who like movies. Gets the certified stamp. Uh, number four, I'm going to go with End of Days. The apocalyptic thriller came back in late 90s, early 2000s. Is it with like a nuclear bomb that ends up going off and yes. it doesn't get shown a lot because it was right around uh, 9-11 or something? That is, uh, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, I, I saw it once then. Or maybe no, maybe it's this one. I think you're thinking of Collateral Damage. That's I have it the three. one. Yeah, yeah no, no. That's the one End of Days of. is like a biblical apocalyptic movie. Okay, I never saw Co- that. Collateral Damage, it's it's fine. I think it's shit on too much. Uh, Collateral Damage, I have it three. And yes, that one's, it's the one, he plays a firefighter. And this was released right around 9-11. And he plays a firefighter whose family's killed by terrorists. And then he goes, he hunts down the terrorists and yeah. murders them. Yeah, I think I saw it when I was a kid. Just really unfortunate timing on that one. Uh, the Last Stand at number two. Don't think I saw that. Uh, I recommend it. You should watch it. So essentially, it's a movie about uh, Schwarzenegger plays a, um, a sheriff in an old-timey small town in oh, Texas. Oh, no. I have seen it. Yeah, and he, yeah. Johnny Knoxville's a sidekick yeah, yeah, in the yeah. movie. And the Mexican okay. cartel comes through. Yeah. And it, it's pretty good. It reminded me of some other movie, but I, I can't tell you what other movie, and so that's the end of that story. But uh, yeah, I do story. remember that movie. Oh, I, it was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. Pretty good. Number one, and you might think this shouldn't be on the list because it gets enough accolades. I don't think it does. I think the number one most underrated Arnold Schwarzenegger movie is True Lies. No, I'm glad you said that because I was wondering if it was going to be on your list. Be- number one. A lot of people do know about it, but I'm still surprised by the amount of people, if I bring up True Lies, that never heard of it. That's an incredible action film. And it, not only is it, it's it's it, it's perfect because it's got the perfect amount of action, comedy. Tom Arnold's a great sidekick. Jamie great. Lee Curtis does fantastic in that movie. And then you have those side performances like Bill Pol- Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton, pa- so Bill Paxton there, not yeah. Pullman. It's Such fantastic. a scumbaggy guy, but oh, so just, good I just pissed myself, man. <laughs> yeah. I just pissed myself. Rest in peace, Bill Paxton. Man. I, he, he was, was the great. Best, he man. was great. He was here's the Bill. Here's the Bill. Here's the Bill. I like Bill. We should do Twister. I'd be into that. We'll we'll wait until it's tornado season. We like to uh, do Did our we just podcast. See that tornado season? No, it's coming back up in the spring, I think. Isn't that like bad karma, though? <laughs> Probably so. But anyway. Um, but yeah, True Lies. I, I do like that movie a lot. Yeah, it's good. It's good action film. Even a, a very young uh, Liza Dishku performance. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, she plays his daughter. Okay. Yeah, so I, th- I think that's probably his number one most underrated film. Um, yeah, I'll agree with it. I'll allow it. Austin O'Brien. Before this, known for, I don't know if you're familiar with this movie, Keenan. It's fucking terrible. It's called The Lawnmower Man. 
<laughs> I'm not familiar with that. Look it movie. up. It's fucking crazy. Okay. Uh, after this, he's known for My Girl 2, Apollo 13, was a regular for a few seasons on Touched by an Angel, and he was in The Lawnmower Man 2, Beyond Cyberspace. <laughs> I don't even. I Dude, can't even imagine how. Long. I, I I can't get into it because that it's is a podcast all on its own. Okay, it is insane. Okay, lawnmower man. It's basically well. about a retarded guy who gets more smart by virtual reality. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. okay. Uh, Charles Dance, before this, known for for your eyes only. For your eyes only. Alien Three, and I want to say this with a big asterisk. I might not be mentioning big titles he's been in. Those were the two I recognized. Okay. He was in a ton of ton of things. Those were the two I recognized. Um, and I could be missing some really great films that he's been in that I just am not, you know, that aren't, I'm too stupid to watch. After this, known for Gosford Park, uh, Your Highness, that uh, Danny McBride and James Franco flick, he played yeah, the king. They're smoking weed. Yes. Like in the Stone Age or something. Well, it's the medieval. The mid- yeah, yeah, medieval. I confuse that with year one all the time. Year one's so bad. Yeah. Your Highness isn't great, but it's at least funny. Year one's stupid. That's Jack Black and, and Michael, Michael Sarah. Yeah. Just, uh, not, just the worst chemistry-wise comedy duo of a movie in such a long time. You think, oh, that could be funny. Not funny. Yeah. Not funny. Very flat. Uh, also known for, he, he played a character in the Underworld franchise, a couple of those films. And then I think, obviously, what most people would know him from now is... Um, Master Lannister in Game of Thrones. Whoever the fuck his name is. I don't watch Tywin. it. Tywin. Tywin. Tywin Lannister, yeah. He's, um, to me, he's always been the the glass-eyed henchman, which I guess his name is Benedict in this movie, but it um, is. Uh, I never knew him as Benedict. I just, he's the guy with the glass eye. Well, he's always Benedict. <laughs> I see what you did there. I'll allow it. You should boo yourself, but I'll allow it. <laughs> if I think... If I think the joke's funny, then it deserves a boo, probably. Probably. That's if, what if, I've yeah. learned. No, that, yeah. that's probably fair. Uh, okay, so moving on to net worths. Two chains. We've done Arnold's a few times. It's uh, 400 million. 400 million. I thought he was at 450. Could be. That could be right. The last one that we released was Cobra still, right? Yeah. I thought I thought yeah, Arnold Co- Cobra, was Cobra, I, I actually just uploaded it today. Okay. I, yeah. thought, uh, I, thought that was, I thought Arnold was above Stallone. Yeah, but, he is by fifty by fifty million somehow. Yeah. I I don't know how, but whatever. I mean, I don't think it matters at that point. Yeah, you have four quarters. I have four and a half. Yeah, exactly. it's like, oh, okay. Oh, cool. You can buy a, two sodas. Uh, Charles <laughs> Dan. Oh no, yeah, sorry, Austin O'Brien. So this is the young child. Oh, um, I think. Let me say before I guess. Uh, Austin O'Brien, his real name, pretty Irish sounding name, but Danny Madigan. That sounds That's like even a very, more Irish. Yeah, I yeah, know. yeah. Oh, Donnie Madigan. Donnie Madigan. Um, well, he's on the It's more than you shit, think. Really? It's more than you think. Uh, I'll guess $5 million. $2 million. $2 million. Okay. Uh, I would imagine most of that is from residuals from this movie, to be honest with you. This or My Girl, too. Isn't that a big Yeah, Apollo 13. Thing, yeah. Touched by, I, I, just, I guess Touched by an Angel probably gets a lot of syndication. Uh, or hell, I don't know. Maybe he made it some other way. Maybe he's good at something else. I don't know. He's yeah. you know he was fucking really annoying in this movie. But <laughs> see, I actually have a note that I don't hate this kid. Like I don't punch kids, but I would fucking punch that kid. Really, hundred percent. I said that I don't hate this kid, which is surprising because I hate kids in every single thing that I watch. Like I don't wish cancer upon kids, but I oh, <laughs> okay. Well, don't do it now. <laughs> don't uh, start. <laughs> all right, moving on to specs and deeds. Yes, indeed. 
runtime on this film, we can all agree, very bloated, way too long, 130 minutes. That's I, I two don't hours agree. And 10. I don't agree, dude. It's so it's so bloated. There's so much they could cut. They could cut a couple things, but I enjoyed all. So this is usually I'm the one that says we should cut some stuff, but I I'm all for this. But I should say that I loved this movie when I was a kid. So so here's what we're, here's where I think that um, here's what comes in. I think the reason why is because you have nostalgic attachment to this movie. So, Absolutely. So that's, that makes a big difference. This was my first viewing of it. Yeah. And I'm viewing it as an adult who has seen a million movies and uh, who has done, well, 58 on this podcast or 59, however many it's been. More since we haven't released some of them. Yeah. So I just watch this thinking, what the fuck? It just, it's, it's, got, it's a fucking great idea. I love the idea. It's executed okay. But there's so much in the middle that's unnecessary that they just do for doing sake. Like when he first gets to the movie world, that that's 45 minutes of the movie. And then we're an hour and a half in. And then they're just going back to the real world. And there's 45 minutes left. They that's go, way too long. They go back to the real world when there's 50 minutes left in the movie. Yeah. Because I remember I I did kind of pause it there to see how like how much time I had left and I thought it was only like the last 20 minutes that they were in the real world they needed to cut uh, the, the, especially okay the, hold on let's finish this and we'll get into it okay budget 85 million opened 15 million grossed 50 million domestically 137 million globally damn so I mean it made money but not, not enough, a shit ton yeah. not enough I imagine for the what marketing costs and swear I, I imagine they weren't totally happy with that return oh yeah Part of the problem was they released it the week before Jurassic Park was released. Oh shit! So like no, a it may have been the week, either the week before, or week after. Yeah, if you're competing with that, you're gonna lose. And they test screened it once, and the test screening went so horribly that they're like, "Well, we might want to wait till August." And the studio's like, "Nope, just release it." And uh, and I think that I think this movie could have been better with some editing. I'll leave it at that for now. <laughs> uh, taglines, they're they're all fucking stupid. Did somebody say action? <laughs> That's pretty bad. <clears throat> He's so mean. And no, no, no. Let, let me phrase that. He's mean and he'll blast through your screen. That sounds like a porno or something. Yes, yeah, it's not great. <laughs> blast. Well, because he's coming through. Because I, going, get yeah, I mean, I yeah, get yeah. it. Uh, the big ticket of 93. The big ticket. Sounds like a fish story or something. I guess I get it because it's got a golden yeah, ticket in it. But yeah. still, yeah. The last one is, this isn't the movies anymore. Yeah, that's all bad. I mean, just but no, no, I mean, none of those are good. Yeah, it would have been funnier if Danny Madigan, whenever Nick gave him the ticket, if he would have been like, "I've got a golden ticket, <laughs> I've got a golden reason, there's uh, something yeah. else." My grandparents are all assholes. I don't know why we're making him British. He doesn't have a, a British accent. Yeah, but the the song he does, the in the Willy Wonka. No, he doesn't. Aren't they in England? No. Oh, I always thought they were in England. <laughs> Either way, yeah, anyway. It's better to have it British, you know? Fuck them. I'm pretty sure Grandpa Joe's singing it most of the time, and he's fucking... Yeah, he's definitely not doing an English accent. Yeah, anyway. Different movie, <laughs> Talk different Talk about pod. a kid I don't like. The kid from that fucking oh, movie. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. I want to punch him in the face, too. I don't like any of the kids in that movie. I bet that was... When he get the ticket, I bet the chocolate tastes terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck off, Charlie. Go, you know, fuck off, Charlie. You're a fucking <laughs> idiot. Of course it doesn't. That candy man wants to take... Anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, Plot keywords. Number one, parallel universe. Yeah. Adds up. Number two, blockbuster video, which there was a, a... I don't think it was 
called a blockbuster video because it was in the parallel movie universe, but it, it was. So you know, on, for all intents and purposes, it was it was t totally filmed inside of a blockbuster. For sure. Whoops. Whoa. Gotta put that on silent. That's that sounded like a poof fart or something like that. Uh, it's a whoosh. Um, but on the door of the blockbuster, it said Acme. Uh, yeah, everything Acme said Rental. Acme, exactly. which was obviously an homage to Warner Brothers, Acme, Wiley Coyote. Yeah, all, old, all old yeah, movie old type cart stuff. Old cartoons. Uh, number three, Psychopathic Murderer, which I think was the Ripper. I would say that's the Ripper. Or or Benedict. And I'll say to this day, the Ripper. Pretty scary. It, pretty scary looking fucking guy. Pretty scary. And Tom Noonan in general is just kind of a scary looking dude. But, yeah. Uh, well, no, he wasn't when he was in his tux in the red car, but he looked, he looked okay there. Yeah, he still looks like a mortician or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And honestly, the, his attire in general is very strange. He was wearing like night sheathing, like the underneath. <laughs> what the fuck was yeah. that about? Yeah, chain mail. Chain, is what thank it was. You, yeah. Like, what is, is he worried someone's going to shoot arrows at him? Like, what is it? But he's like wearing it with like a fucking, I don't know, like a slicker on. And a like, yellow raincoat. Nothing yeah. about what he's wearing makes any sense at all. It's all very it's hodgepodge. Like, it's like he was getting his uniform together and he was like, I want to be a medieval knight. I've got the axe, I've got the chain mail. But then he saw a can of he's Morton's. Like, oh, but it's raining outside. He so saw, I saw a can of Morton's salt and was like, but I kind of like that chick, too. Yeah. Beat off to it real quick. Went out and bought a yellow raincoat, and there you go. Or he was just like, oh, fuck, I can't let this shit rust. <sighs> so, like, you put on a raincoat. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's yeah. probably what it is. It's, it's a, serving a practical purpose. Yeah, God forbid. Fucking, ugh. That's, it, that's where the medieval knights would go wrong. They would always fight in their chainmail well, in the rain. Well, because they had the suit yeah. of armor, armor over it. And, then it would, and then it would rust. So you needed to get a raincoat. Because I spent a lot of money on this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number four. Sucked into the cinema screen again. These are not more plot keywords, as they more like plot phrases. That's that's a thing. That's what sucked into the cinema screen. Yeah, cinema too. Very strange word choice. Yeah, so you can click on that and find other movies where people get sucked off in a cinema screen. <laughs> I, excuse me, sucked into. <laughs> sucked into it. Said sucked off in a cinema screen. I think you probably get more movies with that one. <laughs> you probably would. Deep Throat. Uh, oh, dude, I watched all the President's Men last night. Did you? I did. Is that the one with uh, Robert Redford? Yeah, yeah. Dustin it's kind Hoffman. of boring, but kind of good too. Well, I mean, it's a political thrill. Yeah. I mean, I just just given current things that are going on, I, I found it topical and interesting. I watched it in 2016, it's, giving things yeah. that were going on. It, yeah, and it's also or like 2017 during the Mueller report. Yeah, uh, or investigation. Number five was celebrities playing themselves. <laughs> totally, that yeah, works. That adds up. I liked the Robert Patrick. He wasn't playing himself, but he played uh, the guy from Terminator. Real quick. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's yeah. Like, he, but it, it's very, you almost, you can miss it if you're not looking You can it. absolutely miss it, He just it, yeah. walks out and he goes, whoa, did you see that? Whoa. He's a T-9000. Yeah. Pretty neat. Is it T-900 or T-9000? Eh. Eh. <laughs> I think we've had this exact same conversation <laughs> on, on a different movie before. Anyways. Skynet's gone live. Uh, Rosnet's gone live. Ooh. All right, now it's time for the Canopsis. Please give us your Canopsis, Cannabis Keenan. Danny Madigan has a normal life as a teenager, I guess preteen, living in New York City in the 1990s. That is until one day when he receives a magical movie ticket. Oh, I've got the golden ticket. That transports him from the real world, oh, from the real world Big Apple straight into an action-packed Jack Slater film. It's up to Danny and Jack to team up to stop the bad guys in both the real world and the movie world in Last Action Hero. 
It does see, and I was I was concerned about how you were going to be able to because there's so that like I was saying earlier, there's so much in this movie to pack into a synopsis. I don't know that I could have done what you did and be like, give me. 43 words. What's this movie about? That's what I, because at first I was trying to give too much and I was like, you nope, know, nope, fuck it. I'm just going with the basic. You just, there's, there's he's so got much. a magic ticket. He gets sucked into a movie and that's that's pretty much what happened. He gets a magic ticket from an old, maybe possibly pedophile guy who knew fucking. Uh, Harry Houdini. Yeah, who knew Houdini. Yeah. And then it was, and it's like, oh, he had him. Why? It's just so weird to me that they, his mom, like, where are you after? Like, anyway. Um, <laughs> So now it's time for the Real Buzz Rundown. Of course, the podcast where we give our thoughts on the film, what we liked, what we disliked, what we uh, would possibly cut, maybe in this film, what we would change, not change. Uh, Keenan, we'll start with you. I'll sprinkle in. All right. Uh, yeah, well, I don't have too many notes because to me this was, uh, I mean, I still have a full page, but to me this was um, more of a nostalgia trip because yeah. I've been, for several years, I've been wanting to go back and it's watch more, this movie. You like the way the, the like how the movie makes you feel than maybe because it, because it brings you back to a time, right? You know? That's like, I I remember being seven, eight years old, and I as a kid I was yeah. obsessed with movies too. So I still am obsessed. Ninety three, so I would have been well. So you probably saw it later than right. Yeah, yeah I didn't yeah. see it in theaters because I was four when this came out. Yeah, I remember seeing it on like HBO or some shit like that. Yeah, and uh, I think I just caught half of it, and jumped in or something, and then after that. Any time that it was ever on, I would watch it. I never owned it or anything like that, but I saw it on TV a hundred times. It seems like one of those movies that would do really well on cable, just syndicated, like on a TNT or an, um, or like a USA, something like that. It seems like a movie that they could put on and people – not not a movie you want to sit down and watch all the way through, but you'll watch a 20-minute segment between yeah, commercial breaks. Yeah, jump in breaks. there. Exactly. I, I do think it's a fun movie, too. And a, as a kid, as someone who was obsessed with movies, like the whole fact or the thought of being sucked into a movie or sucked off in a movie, No, too, the, the idea is great. I love the idea. Um, I think it's a fantastic idea. I think they executed phase one, the first like the first act of the movie, great, and the third act of the movie, well, but like the, more like the fourth act of the movie. But the, the middle of the movie was just so bloated, and there were so many things that just maybe – just they needed to tighten it up. So your least – what you liked least was, I guess, when they were running around in the movie world, in the Jack Slater universe. So I will get into this now. I don't know why the whole plot line with uh, – well, first of all, I didn't like all the, the, the fart jokes. The first four were like, okay, I get it. But by fart joke number 12, I'm like, okay, this is – stop it. It's too much. And that entire plot line was completely unnecessary. Are you talking about with Leo the fart? Leo the fart. Yeah. A completely unnecessary plot line. Didn't need to be there. You'd already established that Benedict was more was more the – while it kind of seemed like he was a secondary villain, he was the primary villain. And then we didn't need a 25-minute segment where they're going around, we're going to Joey the Fart's funeral. And he, and it's like, oh, he's got gas. Oh, Joey the Fart, let one more. Like it's, it got so bad, and it was so unnecessary. And you got fucking little kid driving the crane. And it, and it went on for so long, you could have cut all of that. And the movie would have still been an hour and 40 minutes, and it would have been just fine. No, see, but I think what you're missing here is that you really see the entire Jack Slater six throughout the thing. So it's like, or Jack Slater four. So it's like you you get the 90 minute Jack Slater movie within. So then you got the pieces. It doesn't quite add up like that timeline wise. But that would have been a scene in the Jack Slater movie. See, that's, so that's why, why it's there. But that's why I think this movie's too much because they're trying to do too much for the people, <coughs> for the demographic demographic of people who will enjoy this film. They're not going to sit down for two hours and ten, two hours and ten minutes. A Schwarzenegger movie that's more than 
a hundred minutes is too long. So we should ask long. this: Who's the film aimed at? Because I do think it's aimed at kids more so than adults, action movie fans. Yes, and I could just be saying that because I saw it as a kid and I fucking loved it as a kid. No, but I do think it's aimed at action movie fans too because it's they do such a good job of satirizing the entire eighties action oh, genre. Absolutely. They totally do because there's so much like so much there that a kid won't quite get. That I think uh, they do a good job, and they do a great job of that. There's a lot of jokes that land, and there's a lot of things. There's a lot of gaffes that land really well. That are obviously intentional, just satirizing the entire genre. Uh, that I don't think kids would necessarily maybe understand, but maybe not appreciate. So I do think it was it was probably made for guys who it was made for kids and guys who liked '80s action films. Yeah. So guys who like Die Hard and guys who like Predator. So they're like, hey, look at this. It's kind of like a cheeky way of making fun of those films, but still funny. But then there's still enough. There's the kid there, and then you can you know all the kids can relate to this kid being like, oh, wouldn't it be so cool to be sucked into a movie? And experience all these awesome things without any consequences. So I, I I think those are the two people they're going to. The problem is, I don't think most kids. You're I think are an exception. I don't know if most kids are going to sit down for two hours and ten minutes and pay attention. I know most guys who like action movies are going to be like, what the fuck, dude? This is more than five hundred minutes. I gotta drink a beer. Well, and I think you're you've got to be right because it didn't do that well overall. You know, uh, it wasn't a. It well, it didn't lose money, but it also wasn't. It wasn't a smash. There hit weren't sequels by any means. Yeah, and they they probably would have made sequels had they uh, of course yeah if, they, they kind of left it open at the end where he's like it's not gonna be the last time i see you anyone who thinks that would be making a big mistake that's his that's the yeah, tagline tag yeah. i'm well aware thank you i did write down though it's a brilliant satire ish type thing of 80s 90s action films brilliant like, I think might they be do. a little far they do a good job oh, they I definitely do a good job i think uh they're, all the all the one-liners that he has and the, I know, the chief I, that's all mad at him uh, all the time. They're not quite subtle enough sometimes, though. It's like they force it on you like you're not going to get it unless we, we put it on you like fucking we put so thick that you're going to, this is, we're trying to satirize this. Like they're shouting it at you, sometimes literally, sometimes figuratively. I think they could, if they would have just been a little more subtle with some of their, uh, so, some of the satiriz- satirization, satirizing, ah, satirization, satirization, satirization. Uh, or, or, or I don't know, maybe, maybe I don't know, maybe the lunkheads who like these movies need it, you know, fucking braced over their head. I was like, yeah, we get it, we get it. I see, I love it, man. I the the whole, well, I'll, I'll go in order. I'll get to it, but uh, like I, right from the start, you kind of know what it is with. Uh, I guess you don't because it seems like a normal action movie at the start of the thing. It's yeah. like, oh, there's a hostage thing, and he's walking. On all the cop cars, and then he, uh, or on all the taxis. With his crazy rattlesnake skin Sna- boots. Yeah, and then he goes up to the guy, he's like, do you want to be a farmer? And kicks him in the nuts. There's a couple acres. I, don't I get, fucking love it. I don't get, so he's saying, like, his nuts ache? Yeah. Okay, two, just making sure. Two things that ache, a couple acres. It's a bad pun. It's really bad. It's a terrible but, pun. But I also but understand that, that that's the point. That's the point that's of the it. That's the point, yeah. yeah. I thought that was great. And then they, they have all the saxophone music. Which totally is '90s action, '80s and '90s fucking action movies. So here's a good example of my point, where they're ju- they're just flooring you with it's like we're like we're forcing this word that like this idea that like no 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 we're satirizing. Watch us, look at us. We're because he's like uh, he's like in the car. The kid's like rock and roll. I can't get hurt. This must be an '80s action movie. Like he's literally he says it to you. It's like dude, I don't need it to be said to me. I can watch it and understand. Yeah, but he's realizing it himself. I I, I don't have a problem with that. Okay. 
He, he's real. Oh, this must be a set change. I guess at that point, that's that's a little over the top. I just don't need. I don't need uh, satire just fucking spelled out for me because then it's not fun. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm sure a scene that you think would have been cut that I like a lot is the uh, when he's in school and they're like, all right, we're going to watch uh, Hamlet now. It's got Lawrence Olivier. You might have seen him in this movie or that movie. And then he's got the daydream about Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, no, I love Hamlet. that scene. No, no, no. That's one of my all favorites. Right. No, yeah, I, I thought that I, was great. I think that's one of the better parts of the movie because that's the part. That's the satire. They're, it's definitely satire, but they're not shoving it down your throat. It's actually it reminds me of those Tug Speedman. Um, yeah, from, yeah. Uh, At the beginning of Tropic Thunder. Yeah, from Tropic yeah. Thunder. Uh, and I almost think they're better. Schwarzenegger kills those. He was awesome in that because he he said uh, a lot of the Hamlet's like style. I am I am I am pentameter Shakespeare lines and like the Terminator voice. It was awesome. I it was loved really it. Good. I thought yeah. it was great. Yeah, I I thought it was good. One of the things I didn't like, I guess, just jumping to it, uh, something I didn't like is how he kept going. See. You didn't know I was going to say that? And at the end when he goes, rubber baby bubby bunkers. I, I thought that was fucking stupid. I left my ass up with that. You liked that? I did like that. See, I thought that was stupid. But uh, interesting. No, interesting. I, anytime you can make Arnold say something ridiculous in his crazy accent, it's going to kill. Yeah. That's just funny. That's just comedic gold. Um, uh, Where am I? So I said I definitely watched that Arnold Hamlet movie. Uh, I think I've already said it, but... Uh, I would watch that movie in its entirety, not just the trailer. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I wish they would have made that movie. Would have been great. There's something rotten in the state of Denmark, and he's here to clean it up. Or something like that. To be, or not to be, <laughs> or to be. Well, he says not to be. Yeah, not to be, that's not right. Not to be, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's fun. I, like, so Charles Dance, too, I think he does a good job as the bad guy. He's a... Uh, you know, one of those snide British cliche bad guys wearing a white suit all the I time. I would argue he might have the best performance of the movie. Oh, he does a great job. And what's funny is I hated him so much as a kid, but now as an adult, I appreciate it because, like, he does a really good job of being that fucking snarky bad guy actor. And he breaks the fourth wall uh, I, for I a know, bit there, it's, too. It's, it's, it's a I little... kind of had a problem with. Uh, it, it, it doesn't quite add up because you, he doesn't... It's like he... He doesn't go full break the fourth wall, but he kind of seems like he is. He neither needs to do it or not. Like right. if if it's like you're not sure if he's doing it, it doesn't work. So I'm like, I don't know. He may have just broken the fourth wall. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it's I don't feel like that that was very executed very well either. But I, I don't know. I just I think his performance also something was, that could have been completely cut didn't need to be in the film. Yeah, and then it makes it seem like he's talking to the guy who I think was Random Task in Austin Powers. He was Random Task. Yeah. Yes. Um, it made it seem like maybe he was just talking to Which him and not breaking the Which is crazy because he's satiring his satire of Odd Job. Yeah, but this was before Austin Powers. Oh, you're right. It was. Well, Never was mind. Okay, right? that's a good point. Yeah. Never mind. Well, because I thought about that. Less meta then. Yeah. Okay. I was, I was like, whoa, this is getting so deep. So many layers. <laughs> so deep. Uh, the guy, whenever they're, whenever Danny first gets sucked into the film and he's in the backseat and he's in the shootout and everything, uh, one of the guys in the back is totally a henchman that I've seen in so many 80s and 90s movies. He's yeah, yeah, the, guy the that Asian gets, guy. The Asian I know guy you're talking that gets about, the yeah. ice cream cone in yeah, the back he, of his he, head. He's got, he's, he, he's, he's always got the got, hair. Yep, I, I, can, I can think of him from... I think he's in Big Trouble in Little China. He is, and he's in Lethal Weapon 4. Um, yeah, yeah, he's like a, he's, he's a, a bit, that guy. He's a bit thug, pretty much. Like, yeah. he, he plays uh, how dare a you, henchman Peter? type. No, I'm just how saying, da, that's, how the, dare you, sir? that's the character he how plays. How dare you? I didn't mean to typecast him that way. That's just the only thing you I've are, seen him You are racially insensitive, sir. I don't think so. I don't think so either. Uh, but I did love, I, a lot of the puns, I, I tried not to write down all of the puns, but when he got that code in the back of his it's head, it's like, 
iced that guy. I thought that was great. That's pretty funny. No, again, it's just uh, I I like it. I understand what they were doing. I thought they tried too hard, shoved it down my throat. I was like, all right, all right, right enough. But the the one thing that stood out to me most was the fart jokes. There was about Leo the fart. Leo the fart. There yeah. were, I think, conservatively eleven fart jokes. It's like, okay, all right. Like, but for the first four, I'm like, all right, cool, I get it. But like by number nine or ten, you're like, all right, all right, we get it. You're doing a fart bit again, Leo the fart. Silent but deadly. Yeah, yeah. I say I laughed at that. Uh, I would have if it was like the fifth one, not the twelfth. Yeah. Well, I I still like him when he's on the roof too, and he's like, "Anybody need a doctor?" And the guy's like, "I'm a doctor." Oh shit! Check his chin. Then he knocks him out with the deal. I don't know. I thought that shit was funny. Uh, this man's alive. Yeah. I and I did also think that the speaking of meta and. Maybe uh, this might be shoving it down your throat a little bit too much, but they're literally in that chase. They go in the L.A. River just like when Arnold's in Terminator 2. It's yeah. like oh, it's almost a, a recreation of homage. the exact same thing. Oh, it was homage yeah. for sure. Yeah. There's a lot of homage to a lot of different 80s actions movie with just within either action sequences or direct lines. I mean, yeah, that was intentional entirely. Yeah, but it's it, with it being straight up the Arnold because he Arnold was, you know, in that Terminator 2. But anyway. Uh, or no, but he that Arnold wasn't right. That's a good point. And so when they go, Sylvester to, Stallone was in that universe. That's true. And uh, when they go to the blockbuster and they see Stallone as the Terminator Two poster, I, I say in the Cobra episode, that, I like it. That's a good joke. I think that's funny. I thought that was great. No, that's his best yet world yet. He's fantastic. I think people probably said that about Arnold in that movie. Well, so it's funny because it's Arnold saying. Sylvester Stallone's fantastic, but also saying he's fantastic because it's really him and not Sylvester. I think it's his finest work. Yeah, it's really, he's talking about himself. Again, it's the meta, you, you know? It's, yeah, he's super meta. But that blockbuster scene was one of my favorite scenes as a kid because I had just been in a blockbuster so many times. And then when they talk about uh, how, the, or, what, Can we talk about the corny uh, pickup line that Arnold gives to that lady? Where, uh, oh, you were in a movie? Yes. Uh, it was oh, titled The Girl in My Dreams. Uh, we had a very romantic scene. <laughs> yeah. But then when he's talking about the phone numbers with 555, that's something that had such an impact on me as a kid that, like, for all time, I've been watching movies and TV shows, and 95% of them, the phone numbers are 555 something, 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 something. 8675309. Well, that's a song. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. So Did I, you get away with that line today in the Me Too movement? It was called The Girl of My Dreams. And we have a romantic scene. I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. You might get slapped. Again, uh, not to get too controversial here, I think it depends on if the girl finds you attractive or not. The girl, yeah, probably find, so, if the girl yeah. finds you attractive, it's, oh, that's cute. If the girl thinks you're fugly, it's like, eh, get away. I mean, that's, I'm not saying one way or the other whether that's right or wrong. I'm saying that's reality. That's true. Yeah. Whether or not you come off as a sexual offender is has a lot to do with whether or not you're attractive. Yeah. If Leo goes up to a girl and asks that, He's probably not getting. Dude, you got to put a wet floor sign down. If I do it, or if I or if I do it, yeah, I'm getting. Know, oh, I'm going to I'm going to jail. I'm going to jail, straight to jail. I'm getting banned from where, where, where yeah. whatever bar you're at. Yeah, yeah, because you know you're going up in a bar. That's where you're using that type of line. You know. Yeah, I guess because video rental stores are no longer around. <laughs> yeah, otherwise, just hang outside <laughs> of one of those. There's a family video somewhere around here you can find. I'm sure. No, uh, that one closed. The one that was uh, Todd Todd Judge. Yeah, that's true. It's a Dollar General now. I Which, think there's still one in Independence. So. I could see that coming. Yeah. Uh, once they started selling CBD, I was like, yeah, this place is going downhill. 
I thought, oh, for the longest time, man, not to get too local with the podcast, I thought that place was open for so long. I'm like, dude, that that's a fucking front. They're laundering money in that place. You know what sucks is that I used to go in there and rent uh, video games, yeah. and I went in and I rented like NBA 2K20 or something, and then I returned it, and then they closed business like two days later. I could have kept it. I could have just fucking kept it. They weren't going to bill you for it. Yeah, totally not. Clearly not. And the fucked up thing is when you do keep games like that, when they, they bill you for like three times the value of the game, Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, but I was part of the problem for sure because I would oh, yeah, rinse no, no, it. Yeah, and, no, yeah, 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 yeah. I did that too. I contributed to them going out of business. Uh, but anyway, so here's a joke that I thought was really funny. Whenever uh, Danny and them first go to the bad guy's house and uh, he's... So technically this would be the... Uh, Cartel, Italian guy. The Italian guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't write his name. Yeah, down. whatever. He's in, not, not yeah, not. the guy. So really, he's playing the families off of each other, or whatever. Yeah. And he killed. I also thought it was funny. He's like, he killed my favorite second cousins. Like nobody's got a favorite second of course, cousin. Well, again, that was also definitely a joke. Like, right. He's exactly. my favorite second cousin. And they bring that up seventeen fucking times oh, yeah. in the movie too. But again, uh, they ram it. They, they all all the satires ram down your throat so hard where it's like I get it. Yeah. See, that's why I think maybe it's designed for kids, though, because kids needed it explained. And I understood the satire okay, so that's as a kid. What I was going to ask you, so did you understand as a what? Was, how old were you with the first time you saw it? Probably this? eight. All right, so it was an eight-year-old. Eight, nine, Did yeah. you understand that they were oh, being yeah. ironic? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. I, I could tell honest, that it was it was like... I don't know if I understood what irony was when I was eight. Well, I don't think I, if, <laughs> I, don't well, think okay, I could so, have explained to you irony. Sure, but, but but you understood like the idea. Like yeah. you okay. Yeah. You couldn't have been like that's irony. Like no, but you understood. But you in your mind you could make sense of like oh that's they're being funny. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally with the Stallone thing uh, and Terminator. Like I got that joke as a kid. I completely understood that the five 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 thing. I didn't know that movies did that, but I completely understood what they were doing. Yeah. The okay. chief yelling. And he's like, you know, the time that uh, your daughter had to go to the mental institution or whatever. He yells and, so many crazy things. Yeah, and he's like, wait, really? You guys are best friends. And he's like, how'd you know that? And he's like, Jack Slater won. It's like, you told your dad to? <laughs> <laughs> At one point when he's go- uh, when the chief is going off on just a, a tirade yelling before his ears smoke, he goes, mm-hmm. and Frank's mother. And it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. I think he was saying random phrases and then going, blah, 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 fried. Yeah, I don't know. Baloney, Brad Baloney, and Frank's mother. It's like, whoa. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. All right. Um, and that chief was total, you know, satire of. And and this yeah. movie has changed the way that I've looked at every like cop and chief relationship because it, it made me realize that oh, I see what they're really doing here. It's a diatribe. Yeah. So I did get it as a kid, but I was a smart kid, you know. That's true. You do you because uh, with your educational background and you were like this before that. I mean, you grew up. You were uh, interested in writing, interested in different elements of writing. You loved uh, Hunter S. Thompson. You know, maybe this movie had something to do with it. Maybe I don't know. Who but knows? It, getting back to the part that I thought was funny. So when they finally go to his house, or not finally, but when they go to his house for the first time and they knock on the door, hi, we'd like to speak to the drug dealer of the house. But then Charles Dance comes out, and he's like, oh, let's spray some arterial blood all over the place or whatever. And he's like, these dogs are exceptionally well-trained. <laughs> Snaps his fingers, and then they do a pyramid. I fucking die. I forgot that joke was in there, and I died laughing. <laughs> They're so well-trained. See, this is where I feel like the movie doesn't have an identity, because that is slapstick. That's, that's slapstick that's comedy. slapstick comedy. And this movie is comedic, but it, it's like that one joke almost doesn't fit in the movie. Because there's nothing quite. I mean, there's ridiculous stuff. I but, think the cartoon cat kind of is slapsticky yeah, too. Yeah, okay. The sexual harassing cartoon cat that just grabs that detective it's Dan, lady's it's Dan, ass. It's Danny DeVito. I know you could tell it's Danny yeah. DeVito, but yeah. 
Uh, sorry, had a little furball problem. I thought that was funny. The Mozart thing, that joke, every time they Mozart. said that. Mozart? Yeah, he killed Mozart. Because of Amadeus. That could, yeah, exactly. The, F. Murray the, Abraham. The actor yeah. actually killed him in Amadeus. That's F. Murray. One of my favorite names in Hollywood, F. Murray Abraham. Don't know what the F stands for, but I like it. F stands for fantastic. Yeah, and F stands for wheezy. Um, but yeah, I thought that's, Danny told me not to trust you. Told me you killed Mozart. Mo who? Zart. Zart. Mozart. Whatever. I've killed a lot of people, you know? I don't remember any of them. Mass, <laughs> eh? Man. Yeah. Mass, eh? I, I really like F. Murray Abraham. Um, and I, and then my next note he's is- He's not in this movie a ton, though. He's not, no. And he's uh, Jack Practice or whatever. Hey, yeah. how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice. Practice. Which is- wh- so that, okay, so I kind of like that because that that was more subtle. Where it's like, yeah, it's one of those stupid 80s action comedies kind of- um, uh, uh, catchphrases that like a guy would use, and uh, he, I think every he did a great job. He yeah, for the little bit he's I take, in there. I take it back. He might be my favorite. He's he's all right. So he's gonna be like the the guy who did the most with the least amount of screen time. Okay, I'll give him that award too. Yeah, definitely. maybe he should have been the fourth. Well, man, what? Would. <laughs> he's he'll not never, in it enough. He'll though. never surpass his. Uh, he'll never surpass Scarface. No, yeah, he's great in Scarface. <laughs> he's doing the thing. That's yeah, that's kind of what I. That's the first time I saw him. Yeah, it's great. But then my dad made me watch Amadeus, and that he's actually really good in that too. No, he's a great actor. Long fucking movie, but a really good movie. Very long. Who's the main? Who plays Mozart? The, um, the, the, the he's Otter, or whatever. Yes. from uh, Animal House. Yeah, he's been in like a four things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it, one of them was Amadeus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One yeah. was Amadeus, and one was Animal yeah. House. Yeah. Guy's doing pretty good. I wouldn't act anymore after that no, either. Like, no. He's like, like yeah, Richard, pretty good. Leave pretty on good. top. I wonder how much money that guy's worth. He's been in some good films, you know? He's got a weird face. He kind of does. Probably why I didn't get casted. Uh, my next note was, though, I still think this movie is just as fun as an adult as when I was a kid, but I will give it to nostalgia on that, probably. Um, and I like when they get back to New York City. Like, I, I like that Charles Dance's character kind of realizes what the ticket does, but then he waits until, you know, the very end to kill the boss, and then that's when he goes out. So, I guess so... We're to believe that he understands what the ticket does based on what he knows about Danny. And when he has the ticket and he can stick his hand through a wall and it seems like he's going somewhere else, it just, and I'm, I'm nitpicking, I get it, it's an action movie, it's fun, but he deduces that he's going to another dimension based on the fact of what he knows about this child and this ticket, and he just sticks his hand through a wall and he's like, I can travel to other dimensions. I can figure it out. I, well, it's I fine. It's fine. I really, I'm it's not. A movie. At yeah. one point in time, he he does, though, whenever he goes to, um, and this is another thing that I think Charles Dance does great for his evil character. When he shows up to um, the ex-wife's house that they're all staying at with the daughter. Yeah. And uh, you think Skeezy's coming to the door, but he goes in and. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Stop. Let me stop here real quick. The whole Skeezy thing. No one else thinks it's weird that that. that, that um, I thought it was weird. Bridget's uh, con- conservatively twenty-two. Well, she says it's a sorority thing. So All right, she's so probably a senior to twenty-one. Yeah, they're fucking with freshmen. Yeah, but you're gonna kiss an eleven-year-old on the lips. He's. She says it's a freshman. He's not an eleven-year-old. But the okay, Skeezy who came to the door was not a freshman in college. That's what they say, though. He was supposed to be a freshman in college. She said, it's this thing where this freshman guy, they send the freshman here and we have to kiss him. So she's just going to kiss him no matter what, if he doesn't look like he's a freshman in college? I mean, again, I, I, the double standard's there, and I agree with it. I don't care. If I was 11 and that girl kissed me, I'd be like, fucking great. 
I uh, don't think Skeezy was supposed to be 11, though. He's supposed to be a freshman in college. He was not. If you saw him, when he came to the door, he looked well, I saw the him, same yeah. age, if not younger. As Danny Manigan? Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm just saying he's supposed to be a freshman, man. There's a line. I'm saying she is a human being and can use discretion when looking at someone who she's going to kiss on the lips and determine whether or not they're a freshman in college. That kid was, I mean, wasn't like a, it wasn't like, well, he might not. He definitely wasn't. I'm both, I'm both people. Yeah, well, anyway, when Charles Dance comes through and uh, he's got them, he's got her harm, or hold up with the uh, henchman and Danny's like, if you harm a single hair on her body and he, or on her head, stop. And he goes and gets the hair and then rips it. I, I thought that was intimidating shit. I like that a lot. So I think he has a, a, a lot of great scenes. Well, a, a, at least two memorable ones. That's one. The other one is when he just gets to New York City and he's in, you know, he transfers from the movie world to the real world. And he goes in. He's like, oh, excuse me. Yeah. I'd like to conduct an experiment. Will you help? He goes, yeah, sure. What's up? He shoots him. He looks at his clock. And he just is like. Okay, and he starts shooting. He's like, hey, I've killed a man. Willingly. I yeah. meant to do it. I wish to confess. I wish to confess. Yeah. And he's realized that in bad neighborhoods in America, in the real world, goes back to his motif at the end. Like, the bad guys can win. Right. And that's where and that's where it gets super meta, too, where it's like a uh, commentary on modern day society. Like, the good yep. guys don't always win. The bad guys can win. Yes. And that's his character's motivation to get to the real world. And I think that's really good. And what humans write. Good guys don't. Yeah, good guys usually can't lose. Right. But in the real world, if we're being honest. If we're being flat out honest, the good guy usually loses. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a phrase: "Nice guys finish last." That's usually the good guys, right? That's a little reductive because that's more towards like women. I, I understand, but, but yes. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. But, yeah. but when it comes down to it, usually altruistic people or people who are wanting to do good aren't necessarily what we would consider. Winning or successful, yeah, I, which yeah. is a, you know we're actually getting really deep into a different kind of podcast. Well, that's how this movie did. Yeah, too. yeah. And then, but that's the thing. This is a stupid fucking movie, but it evokes these kind of thoughts in my head. And just wait till the end. At the, the end, my fucking mind was blown. Yeah. Well, so I and I, I while we're talking about it, I think that as a setting choice, the juxtaposition between how the modern day. You're in New York City where it's all grungy and you're in that theater with the graffiti on the wall. And then you're in L.A. Then you're in sunny L.A. with these beautiful the mansions world, and shit like that. Because it's all a fucking... Right, exactly. I think that's... I think that's It's a all a thing. fucking illusion. So that way when you come back out of the movie world to what is just modern New York City, you feel dirty kind of. And you're like, oh man, I want to go back to the movie world too. Like, yeah, yeah that was way nicer. See, I had that exact same thought. It was that... The, it's, so right when... Um, uh, God, uh, what's his name? Main bad guy. Uh, Benedict. That, when Benedict got Charles to, Dance. When Charles Dance got to the non-movie world, I'm like, oh, like, and I, 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 while I think this movie's mostly superficial, I think this was intentional. It, it was gross. It was awful. It was nothing like the Hollywood that he was in. Where like, right. It, well, it, and that's the other thing. So he says, uh, I can be the perfect criminal. If God was a villain, he'd be me because I can just go in and out, rob, be whatever I want to be. And then go back to the world back, that's, that's yeah, perfect. Exactly. And and then... It goes back to what Danny was saying about, hey, look around. Look at this girl. She's entirely too attractive to be working at a video store. Right, yeah. Every girl that you see here is wildly attractive. There's it's no California. regular women. This is California. <laughs> but when Charles Dance sees, the first crime he sees, he hears gunshots and sees people going, take his shoes, take his shoes. 
and he can't comprehend. Just take his shoes. Why would you just take his shoes? Because in the movies, the bad guys are always trying to take over the world or some shit no, like, like that. In, in no, the real like, world, the yeah. bad guys just need fucking shoes. Right, exactly. Not even bad guys, the desperate people. Yeah, just need just shoes, and they'll, need they'll shoes. rob you for your shoes, I guess, or murder you for your shoes. And, yeah, New York City, before Giuliani, I guess, shit like that was happening. It's so weird. I, I am glad we're getting a little in-depth into, like, what... Because there's... This movie... The first, like I'm thinking about it more even just after watching it once. There's a lot more to it. Like if we wanted to go into it and like look at like different themes, there you could dive into this movie really hard. There's a lot going on. Another thing that I noticed talking about the juxtaposition. juxtaposition we can't say big words like that with <laughs> right uh, between the real world and the fake world though is um, it seemed like in the movie world anytime there were shootouts people would. There was like no blood. No. People would get hit. And then when Arnold gets hit in the real world, it's very it's very graphic. Not just that, but when he plays chicken and you see the the guy that played random task hanging out of the front of the windshield of the taxi and there's just his blood on his head and blood on the windshield, that was pretty graphic. Just stresses like, that there's consequences yeah. in the real world and the real world's not a movie. Yeah. Um yeah, we, we're getting kind of deep. I the, know. I didn't mean to do it. The rest of my notes. I had, are no, a little no, more dude, like, I had nothing to. I wrote nothing. <laughs> that just happened. I, yeah. I wrote nothing. Uh, down you know, about it's that. it's it's one of those movies. Yeah. Um, and I've already said that. Just I, wait till I tell you the next the next note I have because it's nothing. It's very stupid. Yeah, that's kind of how I am too. Um, the, the next, literally, the next note I have is we killed less people in this movie. In this movie, we only killed forty eight people. The last movie, we killed one hundred and nineteen. <laughs> but great. in a way, that's also show, social commentary on you know like. How, ah, fuck it. That's yeah, stupid. we don't want it to be as violent. But I, I did like he started talking about Planet Hollywood, and we already talked about Maria Shriver yeah. saying not to uh, pimp it. But you remember Planet Hollywood? Oh, man. yeah, dude. I used to love those. When I was at Universal Studios, i go to Planet Hollywood. Yeah, there was one in St. Louis. That's the one, the only one I ever went to. Yeah, not but, when I lived there. No, no, yeah. When I was a kid, there was one in St. Louis. So the, the after we talked all, about all of that, the next one I, the note I have is, holy shit, boss, there's like 2K in here. It's, yeah. it's, it's like after uh, Daniel's like, hey, there's money in the drawer. Just take the money and leave us. And it's fake money, obviously. Right. Marked bills. But then it just, the amount of money is a strange choice because it's, to you and me, a lot of money. To people like that, it's like, that's not, he's like, holy, like he makes a big, like, holy shit, boss, there's like 2K in here. Yeah, maybe he was just So split between the six people in the room, they each get like, $230 or $215, $210. Like, doesn't seem like it's that big a deal. Yeah, that's a good point. Doesn't seem like it's that much a consolation. Yeah. Doesn't seem like it was all worth it. It doesn't seem like <laughs> his reaction to the fact that there's $2,000 in the drawer is like, oh, the shit, boy. Well, maybe in 1993, 2000 was worth like $10 million in today's You're money. You're never going to have to work again. You, you never know with those exchange rates. I get, well, exchange rates. <laughs> it's, it's counter- or inflation or whatever. It's counterfeit money. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. All right, I've got two more notes, mm. and then I'm done with the movie. And then we'll go through yours. Uh, I, I don't have a ton else, so yeah, right, please okay. go ahead. Uh, well, I just, I don't know what was with Belushi talking shit on Arnold on the uh, red oh, carpet. I'm, I'm, I thought that was funny. I'm sure that was intentional. I'm sure they had, like, a friendly... Yeah, yeah, I yeah. just wish I knew what was going on there. Because he's like, I wish Arnold would fail. I don't want to ever see him do good. Well, honestly, it's funny in that the, the fact that he's John Belushi's brother... And that he's on the red carpet going to uh, the premiere of an Arnold Schwarzenegger film. He's like, yeah, fuck him, man. My wife loves him, but I think he sucks. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that, that's funny. Um, and I, I also kind of liked when Arnold was talking to Arnold. And he's like, oh, the security guys should have let me know they were doing a stunt here. You're the best fucking uh, standing like, guy I've ever seen. Honestly, I hate you. Yeah. You've, you've made my life really difficult. Fuck you. 
Um, all right, and then the last thing that I want to ask you is if you got the golden ticket and you could only go into one movie, oh, what movie question. would you go This in? is such a good question. Because there's so many different motivations I, I could have for going to so many different movies. Okay, thinking of just off the top of my head, going right now. And so we're under the same assumption that we go into this movie knowing that we can live by the movie rules and nothing bad will happen to us, stuff like that. Well, so that's where it gets weird because Danny at that point, at that part where he's on the bike and he's playing chicken with the car, and he's like, "I'm the comic side relief. I could. This is not going to work. I'm the comic side relief." So, so should we narrow it down to an action movie, maybe? Because since this is like an action movie, like, okay, yeah, let's do, let's an do action that. Can movie. we do that? Okay, yeah. that makes it easier. Uh, I'm going to go with Face Off. I would, I would definitely get a Face Off, hundred percent. I would jump into Face Off in a heartbeat. All right, on on whose side? What would you do? Team up with Travolta or team up with Nick Cage? Mm. I'm talking Travolta as the cop when he is Nick Cage. No, no, I know. You know I, I, I know what you're saying. You know what I'm saying. You're saying yeah. after the face switch. Yeah. Um. Oh, Jesus. I'll... Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'd probably go with Cage still. Okay. Okay. So as you'd help the criminal guy? No, I would help. You'd help the cop. I would help the the criminal Nick Cage as, as the, the cop. cop. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I got gotcha. you. So kind of Travolta. That's a weird one to say. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, again, yeah. It's, it's, it's all the fucking... It's, it's, with this movie and that gets confusing. Okay, so now that we're narrowing it to an action, my, my choice was uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall because I felt like that would be just a fun place yeah, to go no, hang out. You know? no, I'd that's, go like, to that's a great pick. Yeah, yeah I'd like to hang great. out with all those people. I love that fucking Are you kidding me? There's a great... Oh, I, I would fucking drink with most of those people. Kunu. <laughs> like Paul Rudd, <laughs> Paul Rudd's great, or even uh, the the guy who knows about the uh, the fish, the bartender. Oh, yeah, hookah hookah lulunim, motherfucker. Oh yeah, what's what's the what's state fish Hawaii? It's a really bad motherfucker. Uh, I apologize for that. That was awful. That's like my favorite, one of my favorite movies of all time. It's pretty I, good. I can just it's watch that anytime. But uh, if we're doing an action movie, eh, probably not a good choice. But first one to come to my head. Not a good choice at all, but saving Private Ryan. I oh, want to be with the no, dudes, no, 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 no. you know, I, I, helping them no, out. I, I, I kind of can get on board with that. It'd just be scary as shit. It'd be people well, fighting no, World but, War II, you know? If you're going to the movie, though, movie rules apply. So, so if I can't die, yeah. then that's cool. But Giovanni Ribisi dies in that movie, you know? That's the saddest death in the whole movie. It's real sad. Right after he talks about how I he dude, wouldn't wake up for his mom. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie to you, dude. Based, yeah, based off that setup... I definitely I got really high one night and I watched Saving Private Ryan. I fucking cried really when yeah. he died. I, it was fuck. It was it, it's an emotional horror. death. It, yeah. yeah, it really is. It's, I get I get super sad. With, he does such a good job that scene of him like, in the church. All right, worst death him or Mellish? Is that Vin Diesel? No, Mellish is the guy who uh, who gets into it uh, in the final scene where the the, the oh the guy stabs him because fucking what's his name didn't did, come back up yeah, with the, up not only did up him. Fight for his life when they captured him. He also didn't get the ammo up in time. That's what I'm saying. To, that yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he just lays there, and the German guy who just fought but to the death with this other guy killing like, him. You're such a little bitch. I'm not even gonna fuck with you. Yeah, and then Upham is just a little bitch. It turns out. Well, he ends up killing him in the end. Yeah, but he I, that guy. Yeah, that those are rough it, deaths. It, but it, I'm still it, gonna it say took Giovanni two deaths for him to do it. 
even Vin Diesel's death in that movie is rough to watch. I think he's bleeding out. Yeah, there. yeah he's trying yeah, to it, save the little girl. Yeah, but you know? after once you've seen eleven Fast and Furious films, you're like, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, Vin Diesel, you you do all right. Yeah, it's it's hard it's hard to sympathize with Vin Diesel after eleven Fast and Furious films. <laughs> They're just gonna keep making him. They're going to space in this next one. Uh, no, I thought they were ending at ten. Another good world to get sucked into yeah. a Fast and the Furious movie, like Fast and Furious one, maybe though. Um, Go back to the Bush years, man. Four or five. I like. I like those. I'd like to be. I want. I want Brian to still be alive, but I also want Brian and Dom to be like cool with each other. Okay, that's fair. So I want to be in that world. Okay, I'd go to Tokyo Drift too. That's a, that's a fun. Nah, one. fuck that. I wouldn't do that. All right, but those are my notes. I love this movie. Yeah. All right. So uh, trying. Let's see what I missed here. Um, there was okay. So back to what you were talking about when Benedict first came to uh, Jack's ex-wife's house. And then uh, Benedict had a knife to Danny's throat. And then there was his daughter who had a gun pointed at him. And she was like, put it down. Put it, put it down. Yeah. And then it, it, he was like, well, if you kill me, I'll kill him. It's like, what? No, if she shoots you, you're not going to be able to kill him. So what is that? I don't know. How that- I, well, I don't know. If she shot him in the head, he wouldn't be able to. But if she fucked up and like shot him in the arm, he could stab him. He had oh, that's that knife fair. Right so maybe, his head, maybe you know? she missed. Yeah, maybe okay, she so maybe missed. she missed. I don't think she would have, though, based on the way either. she fucked that yeah. dude up in the room. I also liked how she was uh, like acting like she was getting beat up the entire time that she was kicking that guy's ass. At first, I, I mean, was she like, did have some. She had. Bruises. At first, I was like, "Why is she screaming this much?" Yeah, she screams. She okay, like, we need to talk about this. Yeah, the scream was the bad. Screaming, the screaming was, I think, intentional, just and satirical, but was insane. That well, that's what she was screaming I, to try had, to show that. She, she had to have lost all of her, her entire voice. Like, imagine yeah. shooting that whole day, having to scream the way she screamed. Oh, they probably did one take a day. <laughs> oh, I don't know, you man. Only scream one time. Yeah, I, I don't. Know. Depends on the director. That's true. McTiernan, get back to us. Let us know how that shooting schedule was. I also like with the vengeance is mud. Like the explosion. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, I yeah, like that. Yeah, that yeah, was cool. Was it, it was his, he, so okay. Okay, let's talk about this. I wanted to ask you about this. Does, is he missing an eye or not? Because when he was when he came back after he left that eye, right. the one that exploded, it looked like he took an eye out, or it looked like a contact lens. Right, and he still had an eye. Does, is he missing an eye or not? I was wondering that too this time because it, I was like, he just took his eye out, yeah. but you can clearly but see he an still eye has in an there. Eye. Yeah, or was it like they ran out of money and they couldn't like? And also, how is that the same eye if that's the eye that blew up at? The house, like if he left that red eye out, I don't know. Or maybe he had another eye in his pocket or something. Maybe but then him. he went down and put like he had like a case of glass. Oh, he went eyes. down on it for a wicked long time. A wicked long time. Yeah, no, he he. Not only just the little case, did it look like he had a fucking like fountain looking thing no, that no, had he, a bunch know, of little eyes a, on but, it? But then yeah. he had like a case like for his favorites. For his four favorites. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I like the line. Gotta catch the red eye. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> so bad. So, <laughs> so bad. Honestly. I caught him saying that, but I didn't catch the meaning until you just said it, and it's because he had a red eye. Really stupid. <laughs> Got to catch a red eye. Uh, and I, pretty much what I have is uh, that's not even worth saying. This movie tries to do more than it's capable of. It goes from action to comedy to existential dread to drama, and while Jack is dying of a gunshot wound, like there's Ian McKellen literally as death. 
coming after him. Didn't know Ian McKellen was in this fucking movie either. He, I didn't well, remember that. Well, he's barely that. in it. He's, yeah, he's he, death. Well, he's death in a movie that comes out of the movie, and it's literally death coming after them. It's like, it's... A, it's yeah, but, again, you're shoving it down my throat. But also where it doesn't make sense is that he's death. We see him come out of the movie, but then he's like... Obviously, the real death. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, but he's, he's like he's Danny. In a movie. Yeah, exactly. He should have only had Arnold on his list and, and not only, Danny. Right, because yeah. he's not really death. He's death in a fictitious film. Right. So that didn't add up. I either. had a problem with that. I will say that. But I did like the idea of don't go to the hospital, don't go to the hospital, let's get him back to the movie. And Danny pulls out the gun and just everyone ah, gets out. They keep doing that. <laughs> and so, and that's the thing where it's kind of riding that that um, very fine line of is this funny or is it serious? I don't know. I think maybe it's a it's an action dramedy. Oh. But then it poses it's not so really many drama that much. But then though. it poses so many existential questions to whether or not these characters are self aware, sentient. I don't know. Well, I mean, by the end of the movie, when Schwarzenegger's back in there and he's arguing with the chief and he's like we're all just living our lives by Hollywood writers. I would say he's self-aware at that That's what point. I'm saying. So he's dropping this bomb where – so at first I was like, how is Jack supposed to go back to his fictional movie world knowing he's not real? What What's he going to do? Like how does he have purpose knowing that he is a slave to whatever these people write? But then it's like, oh, no, he seems like he's self-aware. So what effect does this have on the movie universe and the future of scripts that are written? Like are, are these characters fictional now or are they sentient beings? I don't know. I think it they just exist in your imagination. Whatever you think Jack Slater's doing right now, he's probably doing. And I think he's pounding his pud in a corner of a fucking bowling alley. He, what, he's jerking those, off in those, a bowling alley? Those were just words that came to mind. I wanted to say pounding his pud and then in a corner came up and then it's kind of like an ad lib yeah, at a bowling alley. Yeah, I don't know. Jack but, was pounding his verb or pounding his noun, pud in a place. Place. Bowling alley. <laughs> yeah. In place Green Bay. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I think Jack Slater's doing. He's given up the good life of Hollywood to be a weird sexual pervert at bowling alleys in fucking Wisconsin. Oh, that'd be the best. <laughs> Jack. What's the point of my life? I'm not going to be an action hero. I want to jerk off in bowling alleys. I might as well just go to Green Bay <laughs> Green. and masturbate into bowling balls. <laughs> I like the Packers. Pack it in. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Stay far. Hey, fuck the Packers. Can I get the Rodgers rate? All right, moving on. Now do you know what time it is. It is time, time for Tipsy Trivia. That was pretty good. Pretty late. Yeah, a, little a little late. late. Yeah. A little late. I'm, I'm never going to get that right. Next right. time I have a urinal fart, I'll I'll see how it actually goes. I'll let you know in a press button. Oh, that'd be helpful. Yeah, I'll yeah, like some know. real yeah. life experience. I'll go do some research. That would, that would be good. Yeah. yeah, some actual research would be yeah. nice. Yeah. I think we could do I'll better. I'll get back to you on that. Appreciate that. Yeah. So this is the portion of the podcast where we have five trivia-based questions from the film. If Keenan gets three of the five correct, I have to shotgun and he doesn't. If he gets less than three of the five correct, he has to shotgun and I don't. But inevitably, we will all end up shotgunning. Number one. Numer eins. True or false? This was Arnold's first time being an EP, which is industry jargon for executive producer. On a film. Um, I, I'll say true. It's true. All right. As the EP, he was very intent on this being a PG-13 film, so it could appeal to a broader audience. 
Good Again, idea. Getting meta, where he talks about when he's on the red carpet yeah. and talks about how they only kill forty-eight people in this movie, or uh, even when you go back to the fact that um, Danny comes up, fuck. yeah, yeah it comes up. Well, we don't even know what he wrote down, and technically, we assume it's fuck. It shouldn't be fuck because if it was PG thirteen, even in the nineties, I'm pretty sure they could have said you it. Once. Get one, yeah, uh, maybe, maybe not in the nineties, maybe no, like late nineties. Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, but they have a line where he's just like, is this door hollow? Door hollow? Fuck it. <laughs> that is true. It. That's in the 80s. I actually think that was rated PG. <laughs> See, they could have yeah. got one in there. All right, number two. Which of these four titles was the original before they changed it to Last Action Hero? I, I also don't love the title. All right, well, there was four... <laughs> All right, so Let's was, see if one of these four are There better. was one that they, that they were originally going to call it, then they changed it to Last Action Hero. So was the original title A, Metamania... B, extremely violent. C, Hollywood heroes. Or D, big mistake. Oh fuck. So I'm gonna rule out Metamania. Okay. And so that leaves me with big mistake, extreme violence, or Hollywood he- heroes. Big mistake, extremely violent, or Hollywood heroes. Hollywood heroes. Uh. Wrong. B, the original title for this film was Extremely Violent. Are you serious? Yes. Extremely Violent? That's way worse. It's a dumb name. Because I don't know who the last action hero is. When I realized that was them, like, oh, I can write way better names than this. So I wrote three other ones. And I was like, oh, Metamania? I'm surprised you didn't rule out Extremely Violent before Metamania. You know what? Now that you say this, so this is all coming back to me. Uh, well, Metamania, because you keep saying that it was super meta. It's so very I, meta. Yeah, I knew that would. I knew that was a robism. But uh, in the Hamlet scene in the school, right before they show it, she yeah. says Han- uh, Hamlet was the first action hero. So yeah. I guess that's where the title comes from, because now Schwarzenegger is the last action hero. But I don't. I don't understand. Oh, I really? Didn't. I did not pick up on that. But you're right. She does say when they're watching Hamlet that he's. The well, first action Shakespearean, hero. he's the first action hero. Interesting. Yeah. That's very interesting, Keenan. But I, I don't understand. I don't think that it makes Schwarzenegger the last action hero. But whatever. Anyway. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I, I've never understood the title of this movie. I'll leave that to the lawyers and the, the politicians. politicians. Yeah. All right. Scientists and doctors. Number f- three. Yeah. Which actor was originally selected to play Benedict before Charles Dance? Ooh. Was it A? Patrick Stewart, B, Timothy Dalton, C, Alan Rickman, or D, Ian McKellen? I'm going to say Alan Rickman because of Die Hard. That's actually a really great guess, but it actually was Timothy Dalton. Damn. See, he was the one I didn't think. No, I know, because so so same director directed... um, Yeah, For Your Eyes Only. For Your Eyes Only, which... Which both, uh, put, uh, which both people were on. Uh, you had T. Dalt and um, no, but he was Living Daylights and License to Kill. Four Your Eyes Only is a Roger Moore Bond. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Oh well, then that spoils my theory. But maybe it's because it was a Bond. I don't know. Still well, no, but uh, but Benedict was on For Your Eyes Only. Yeah. So there you go. So well, well, I, that, well that surprised me. So T. Dalt was originally supposed to be Timothy Dalton, huh? Yeah. I'm not sure he would have been better, to be honest with you. No, I'm glad it was Charles. Yeah, Dance. I think T. The Dalt, only person I would have liked not to T. see Dalt's kind of role. I was hoping, like Sir Patrick Stewart, I would have been okay with. No, I know. I that thought would have been. He, cool. he could have been yeah. sinister. Have you seen that? Oh, fuck, what's that movie? Um, oh, it's gonna kill me. Logan. Green Room. No. 
Oh, dude, Sir Patrick Stewart is a savage in that movie. Really? Yes. Have you seen that movie, uh, Sexy Beast, with Ben Kingsley? He's a crazy person. Ben yeah, yeah, Kingsley yeah, yeah. would have been it's good, too. It's an art house film. Yeah. I have watched it. It came out in the 90s. It, uh, pools involved heavily right. for the entire yep. movie. Yep. Yes, I have seen it. Ray Winstone yep. is the main guy. It's a pretty good movie, actually. It's a pretty good movie. Yeah, and Ben good. Kingsley, and it's just because they're bald. He's terrifying in that movie. Bald British guys, but him and Sir Patrick Stewart, I, I always think of them. All right, so we'll move on to number four. Over under three and a half, how many Oscar winners were featured in this film? Ooh, that's a good question. Over under. Uh, d- thank, don't, don't worry about like all of the... Um, like, Cameos? Yeah, d- okay. th- that's, that's not a huge part of it. Well, I I don't think Arnold's ever won an Oscar. I wouldn't think he has. No, absolutely uh, not. He never will. Uh, maybe Danny DeVito though. I don't know. I'll say over. It is over. It's four. Fuck. Anth- oh. Anthony Quinn, F. Murray Abram, Art Carney. Art Carney was the older guy. Nick. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, Mercedes Rule. I don't know who that is. I'm not sure that is either. <laughs> Mercedes Rule. It sounds like a car commercial. <laughs> Mercedes Rule. <Yeah. laughs> you drive a Toyota? Oh, Mercedes Rule. Exactly. That's what Your Lexus sucks. Mercedes Rule. <laughs> maybe she was like a maybe she's like a fucking composer or something. No, I'm I don't know. <laughs> I'd like to shed light on what she actually is. I really don't know. Nissan suck. Mercedes rule. <laughs> Just shit on anyone with a decent car. Yeah, any kind. Of, fuck Volkswagens. <laughs> Mercedes rule. But it's they always have to rule. It's like, it's like doing that standard thing. Like, oh, Doyle rules. Just like exactly, just drive yeah. around to Mercedes. Like, go up. Just go up to a guy with that's in a day womb and be like, Mercedes rule. <laughs> Someone goes and dumps a bucket of fucking something on Matthew McConaughey. Fuck your Lincolns. Mercedes <laughs> rule. <laughs> all right. Anyway. All right. This is for all the marbles. All right, so marbles. Are you two and two? I'm two and two. All right. Two and two. All right. So this, this, this is, is going to make be or pro- break, baby. Make or break. Body count over under. Are you setting at 48? 85. No, 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 no. That's for the movie within the movie, not oh. this movie. So body count over under 85. Shit. I'm going to say under. 83. All right. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> you got a pound a hand. All right. Well, I'll still shotgun anyway. Can I go to the bathroom before I do, though? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I can, right. uh, let me make a note of the time. I can edit it later. Uh, we're at. You got to piss like a pregnant woman. I'll put it in here. One
<laughs> you all do impressions of me. <laughs> well, that's it's an impression of your uh, your radio voice. Well, your podcast voice. No, no, it's, I'm not doing your podcast voice. You do the radio. You know what you do. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's real bad. It's But inevitably, we all end up shotgunning. Already put it down next to you, Brett. Oh, that's good. Get your uh, your keys. Huevos. That's eggs. Oh. Yeah, there's some keys. <laughs> Isn't huevos balls? Uh, well, yeah, balls, eggs. <laughs> yeah. It's like when we say balls, we mean testicles. They say eggs, they mean testicles. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess you could say it's a euphemism. I kind of get it. Eggs. Kind of looks like a couple. Yeah, eggs no, I, I kind of get it. I kind of don't because it's like, <laughs> like whose fucking balls look like eggs? <laughs> well, my. Never like, mind. I guess we should call them marbles. Hold on. Uh, so hold on. I gotta take down a time code in my mind so I can write it down so I can edit easier. Like the organic uh, brown eggs. That's what my balls look like. Well, you can just bring race into it. No, but you know, <laughs> nut sack's a little darker. Dak and nut sack. It's like I got a tanning thing in my uh, pants. So one fifteen four. All right, shotgun. Last Three, action hero. Woo. Two, one. Oh. Let's say one fifteen what? One fifteen fifty two or something. Forty forty five. Forty nine. I think it's a forty nine. <laughs> Write that down. At least it'll be somewhat close. I can go from there. Uh, come on now. Right down in my notes. <coughs> One. <coughs> All right, Kuhn. Are you ready for the next segment? As ready as I'm going to be. Drinking Buddies. This is the portion of the podcast where we choose a character from the film that we would get irresponsibly shit-faced, drunk, shy with. Keenan, who is your drinking buddy? Believe it or not, I'm going to go with the bad guy. Say goodnight to the bad guy. You're such a second night to the bad guy. Every... No, don't, don't do it. <laughs> you can do it if you want to do it. Can Me? I? I'm almost coming to me, Chico. The world and everything in it. I think I put the Chico I in the right I always tell place. the truth. Even when I lie. Yeah. So second night to the bad guy. I should watch that again. It's been a while. But I'm going to drink with Charles Dance. Uh, not Charles Dance, but Benedict. Yeah, I don't hate that. You know why? Because he's got the ticket most of the movie, and it's either him or the kid. And I kind of, you know, I've been watching horror movies for Halloween, even though that's past now. But, you know, I'd go into some of those creepy movies with him, get super drunk. That is true. That's a great point, because if he has that ticket, you could go into a... That's that's a good point. So, yeah. I'd be like, hey, instead of, like, killing everyone and stuff like that, can we just get a little drunk and go, like, and, let's go into Animal movie? House yeah, or something? You know? That's cool. You don't have to kill everyone, man. And then he'd probably shoot me, but yeah, I'm gonna drink with him. Yeah, the problem is he has more I'm taking the risk. He has more sinister intentions than you do. 
So if only, but, but the, the thing is, you can't make the kid your drinking buddy either because that's right. That's, exactly, that's yeah. not cool. That's not. Coach. You could make Nick your drinking buddy. He had the uh, ticket for a long, you know, for like fifty years or something. And I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make Nick my drinking buddy for the same reason you made Benedict yours. Only that I think I could go places with Nick, and he wouldn't want to go with you, <laughs> take over the world. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, you could tell Nick, hey. Get me this movie and let's go just party. That's also the thing. Nick also has access to a lot of movies. So you could be like, hey, man, uh, why don't we go, you know, hang out in this movie and do that? And I think that would be a blast. You would have to worry about like the sinister nature of Benedict being like, hey, I want to make sure that we fuck shit up. So here's one thing that I hadn't ever noticed about this he's movie. like the old he's like the newer Mickey Rooney. That fucking guy. That fucking guy. Uh, what do you mean by that? Eh, I don't know. I think it, I think I think that because I remember Mickey Rooney being like the manager of a movie theater on a Disney Channel original movie right before his death. I think that's <laughs> okay. what I mean by that. That's what you got. That all right. Yeah. Um, there. I think they might have cut something out of this movie because one thing I hadn't noticed is I think when Danny's going back, uh, he's supposed to be there at midnight. Something that could have totally been robbed was, or robbed uh, cut out of the movie was when he's robbed in his own apartment. Like he's about to leave. Yeah, that's completely unnecessary. That's that's yeah. That's like five minutes. Too. What's that supposed to show? Other than the know. fact that he goes to the police station, he, I think that he's a little bitch, and that he's like, because uh, the guy's like, he's not the action he's hero. He's a little bitch. He was handcuffed to. The- I know, but the guy puts the knife on the thing, and he's like, I'll turn my back. Not that I would want to stab a guy in the back, but you know, it's like oh, he's not the action hero that he looks up to. All okay, the time. so they're trying to communicate the fact that he's not comfortable, right? With. Defending himself. He watches all these movies with it, yeah. and he wants to do it, but in the real world, he can't. But in the real world, he's an 11-year-old? Right. Uh, but at one point, so when he finally gets to the theater, he's trying to get in the front door, and there's a sign on the front door that's like, come and soon, multiplex 18 or something. Yeah. So I get the feeling that Nick's theater might be about to shut down. Obviously, it's super run down and everything like I would, that. You know, it's been, like, it was spray-painted spray restrooms yeah. here. Like, yeah. of course, it's a shit theater. Yeah. Why, why else would a kid be able to sit in a theater by himself and watch a feature film with just a projectionist? Right. So just be glad that they didn't fucking have a whole nother 20 minutes about how Nick's trying to save his theater from the megaliths and everything I don't like think that, it's you know? Nick's theater. I think Nick works there. Oh, I thought it was his place. Why would he be a projectionist if it was his theater? Well, at this point, I, I whoever owned it probably doesn't own it anymore, so he's probably just a homeless guy that lives right. there and keeps it he's up. He's basically a Walmart reader who can change reels. Uh, that's that's fucked up, but that's fair. No, I'm, I'm not trying that's to be That's your a, drinking I'm buddy, not, though, yeah. so, you know. No, whatever. I know, but I'm good with it because if I travel with him, like, we're doing, you know, Bill and Ted kind of thing where I can travel into any movie yeah. I want. And he kind of said that he doesn't want to go anywhere. He's like, nah, fuck it, kid. You can do what you the want. The dude literally had the magic ticket for... Conservatively, 150 30, years. 40 years, if yeah. that. And it was like, I don't want to, because what if it's not real? Because then I don't want like Houdini. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, man, I'll drink with him. Yeah. So I guess that will uh, officially end the episode. Wait, no. Rotten Tomatoes oh, over you're under. Right. I apologize. And, uh... You're absolutely right. Rotten Tomatoes over under. Oh, wow. I will set the critics at a 35%. Oh. That's pretty low. I'm going to say over. It is over. 38% from the critics. Still low, I think, but whatever. Audience, I will set at a 50%. Ooh, right down the middle. Right down the middle. Well, I'll say under. It was. 48. 48%. Weak. IMDb Y'all bitches. was? I don't know. I'm going to guess 5.6. It was the devil's lettuce. 6.6. Okay. The devil's lettuce. 
And I give this a real buzz ranking of a 4.8. Are you serious? And I'm not sure I'd recommend it. I a thousand for percent recommend for it. For adults. Again, well, adults listen to this, this podcast. You're doing, I know, but you're doing this under the guise of that you you love this movie already. Like, I, watching it for the first time as an adult, I can't be like, yeah, sure. I'm going to give it a 7.5, and I highly uh, recommend it. There you go. So, and, fuck off. Not you, Rob. No, but, no, no. You know, no, no, but, but, but me, fuck off. But yeah, you too. <laughs> fuck off to the haters and the, the 52% of you that didn't like it. All right, so thank you once again for listening to another edition of Real Buzz Takes. We are the Real Buzz crew. Keenan, take us out. If you don't like this movie, you're making a big mistake. Very nice. We are the Real Buzz crew, and we review the best of the worst for you. This concludes our broadcast day. There's no boobs in this movie, though. Oh, thank you.